Episode 9, Planet of Giants. A personal personal little favourite of mine, because it's so goddamn charming. What happens in Planet of Giants, do you? There's a planet of giants. Yes. Yes. Cool. Uh, okay, so that that's the episode. Uh, 10, 10 out of 10. 10. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway, the doctor... We've done that gag too many times before. It, it's our gag. It's our running gag. It's fine. Oh, yeah. Welcome um, to season two, by the way. <laughs> season two! It's been 50 years since we last made a podcast, um, and not an hour ago. Uh, and the doctor has a different color cape now, which is interesting. Uh, it kind of looked well, more like it was inside shade. out uh, than more than anything. It it is just no, a different color possible. because his original cape was black and this looked like gray on the outside and black on the inside. So I don't know. Uh, gray's, gray's just a different shade of black. Something is fucking up with the TARDIS. Susan touches the console, or no, Barbara touches no. the console, and it's overheating and gets like burned. And she's like, "Huh, what's happening?" And there's something on. I believe Susan went, like, QR18 and A4 something something on, like, the error reader. And the doctor's like, holy fuck. And the doors start opening. This has never happened before. It's so scary. The doors aren't supposed to open. They're in the middle of space travel. They can't open. Whoa! And he tells Barbara and Susan and Ian to all shove the doors closed by hand. And the poor stagehands had to have a shoving fight. (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, in the in the pilot episode, the doors wouldn't stop fucking opening. Mm-hmm. The doors were like the worst part of the, um, of of the pilot for the crew to work with. So it's like, yeah, it seemed I, like I mean, they're kind pretty of loose on their sense. hinges, honestly. I I mean, they are a little bit, but not much. Um. So the doctor is like super freaked out and scared and like sweating, and he's like, oh, "What's happening?" And we see a little tiny miniature Titus uh, flying. Finally. Um, and then they've landed, and they're like, okay, well, now what? And he's like, don't touch me, Chesterton! Um, and the doctor refuses to explain why the doors are opening are a big issue, and he's like, no one can understand! You don't understand! You're stupid! And he's like, because you won't explain it to us! He's like, no, you're just stupid. Like, you're just, you're just stupid. And... No one yeah. can understand anything at all, and I'm saying this even though I've never explained it, and then we realize that nothing seems to actually be wrong with the ship. Hmm. What do you mean? Well, Susan comes over and she's like, hey, so the error reader is like saying nothing's wrong, and he's like, that can't be right, and he goes over and he checks and comes back and he's like, seems like nothing's wrong, even though the door's opened and that really fucked up some shit. Probably. But apparently it didn't. I mean, it, it fucked them up. We'll get to that. Um, so, he specifically, I like this, it was hilarious to me, specifically apologizes for being an asshole to only Barbara. Well, Ian's not a human. He also doesn't apologize to his granddaughter. <laughs> well, he doesn't need to. He owns her, remember. Uh, So they turn on the monitor to see what's going on. And they say that it shatters and blows out like it was an internal explosion. Like it was too big for its frame. 
or whatever it yep. was viewing was too big for its frame, which doesn't really make sense of context in this episode. Well, whatever. Um, so they don't know what's behind the doors, so they just go like, okay, well, let's just go open the doors and look. And Ian comes over to the doctor and he's like, hey, what actually is bad about the doors opening? He's like, he basically says, the space pressure was too great on the doors, which blew them open and probably fucked something up, even though there's nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. So they go outside and they're like, huh, these are some strange rocks. These rocks are so strange. They have layers. And this, this down here kind of looks like cement. And <sighs> Ian and Susan and Barbara and the doctor split up. Barbara and the doctor go one way, Ian and Susan go other. And Barbara and the doctor see a giant snake thing hanging on a rock. Yes. And I realized instantly it was an earthworm. And that they... It was an earthworm. Um, to be fair, they did too. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, apparently, it's very, very warm on this planet. And then we switch over to Ian, and Ian finds what looks to be like a grain of rice and he picks it up and he's like hmm, this can't come from an ostrich this is a huge egg wow it's so weird and then they look up and there's an ant holding the eggs and apparently it's an ant egg and susan is ant like egg. weird that's a giant dead ant over there that's also dead that's weird and the ants were apparently frightened away because when ants are frightened away they carry all their egg babies to another location. And then yep. the doctor mentions that the worm is entirely right, like the ones on Earth, but just really big. And then Ian finds a weird sign that says there that says a whole bunch of stuff and also that they're on Earth in Norwich. Nor Norwich? Norwich I don't know. Um, Some English town. Yes. And he thinks that it's an art exhibit, you know, where everything's really big in an art exhibit and it's just kind of weird. And then yeah. the doctor and Susan walk back around the rocks and they see a match that falls over and almost fucking kills them. And uh, at that point, they're like, hmm, that's interesting. And then... Ian and Susan walk around the sign and find a matchbox. And Ian's like, wow, isn't this silly? And steps inside of it. And Susan thinks Ian is an idiot for not thinking that something's absolutely wrong. And she's like, no, everything's weird and wrong. And then they do this like quick cut between where they're like having the same conversation, which was not bad, I admit, where it's like the doctor's saying one thing and then Ian's like, Wait, you mean this? And then Susan goes, yeah, that makes sense. And it just goes back and forth, and it's, like, decent. The, ha the Doctor and Barbara and Susan and Ian are having the same conversation, but to avoid making the exposition boring, the scene just cuts back and forth between the two conversations, yeah. as because they are the exact same conversation. Yep. So susan's literally just like, we've been made smaller. Things aren't bigger. They're smaller. And then they zoom out from where they are, and they're just in someone's fucking backyard. Like, they're in... It is a really good shot where it's it is. Out there. 
uh, they don't just like pan up like they actually like zoom out and go like oh look you're actually in the grass actually you're in someone's yard and this is a stone path that you've landed in and Ta -da! Ta -da! and they find out that they're about an inch tall and then the lights somehow went out and then it's actually a shadow and a man is walking across the lawn and picks up the matchbox and the cigarettes and to run away wait the matchbox, but wasn't Ian in there. But he tried to get out, and he tripped and fell in the matchbox and is being carried by the man now. <laughs> Ian ate shit. <laughs> Ian ate shit. Again. Hashtag Ian like ate shit again. tenth time. That's a terrible hashtag. So, Susan comes back around, and she's like, Oh no, Ian's gone, I don't know where he is. And she's screaming... And screaming. And Barbara and the doctor come over and they're like, what happened? And she explains and they're like, okay, well, let's go find him. And so they climb up over. Okay, well, Susan tries to climb up on one of the paving stones. And she's too short and can't do it. So Barbara tries, but then the doctor's like, no, I'll do it. You're a woman. And he does it even though literally both fucking Barbara and Susan have to help him do it. Mm -hmm. And we see a man reading a notebook and smoking a cigarette. And there's a kitty. There's a little tiny kitty. It is the cutest thing. It's the best part of the episode. It's a real kitty. <laughs> it's a real little kitty. It's a real kitty. I have a soft spot for tortoiseshell cats because Evie's tortoiseshell. And she is my child. So... <laughs> And you've met Evie. You know how much of a sweetheart she is and how much she, like, yeah, melts your heart. She's adorable. She's so good. She's the nice one. Yes. So the guy who's smoking a cigarette kind of, like, waves at the cat and the cat's just like, nah, fuck off. And then we see Richard Dixon come up and he offers the man a light to the cigarette. Mm-hmm. And then he goes and does water again. Sorry. He looked, there's a man in this that looks a wow. lot like Richard Nixon, so we just kept calling him Richard Nixon and never bothered to figure out his name. I know what his real name is. I never bothered to figure out his name. Forrester. Okay. That's weird. I knew a Forrester in high school. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> was it Richard Nixon? Did you go to no. high school with Richard Nixon? No, it was not. Uh, he looked okay. nothing like Richard Dixon, in fact. Maybe the exact opposite. Um, so apparently Nixon wants to sell an insecticide, but the main guy is an investigator to it and says that the insecticide works too well, so it can't go into production because it kills all the good bugs as well as the bad bugs. And it just started feeling so fucking preachy for like five minutes and I was just like wanting it to stop like I, I get I like, mean it was a setup for the whole story yes. of the big humans so okay for me it would have been good enough to be like no we can't do this this is why and he's like no you don't and then the next part happens um, instead well, of having like this you, whole back and forth 
Well, what happens is, like, they have this back and forth, and then, like, the scientist is like, no, I'm gonna go on holiday, and then I'm going to release my findings, and then you say, and then he pulls out a gun, and then literally what he does (laughs) is pull out a gun and shoot him. Yeah, well, because he was, the, Richard Dixon was, like, reaching into his jacket, like, in a very obvious way, I was like, he's just gonna pull out a gun, like, and now he pulls out the gun, and then, and we just start fucking cracking up. Oh my god. Well, I was, I was cracking up because I knew it was gonna happen. <laughs> Fair. And I was just like, I'm not saying anything. Yeah, you're better about that than I am. I can't keep a straight face with that sort of shit. Um, yeah, whereas I, I live for that shit. Yes. The Dr. Susan and Barbara see a dead bee and they're like, ooh, it's awe-inspiring. But they realize that the- How beautiful. How beautiful. It has this weird sort of goggle face, but it's so beautiful. Um, So they sort of mention that it has like this very distinctive chemically aroma. So they think that's the aroma of whatever's killing them because it's just been on all the dead bugs. So you can assume. And then they hear a huge explosion and the inspector's now been shot. (laughs) Just, he's been shot. Not an inspector, he's a scientist. No, he's the inspector. There's the scientist, the inspector, and Richard Nixon. The inspector's the one that's shot, and he's like, I can't okay you to put this well, into production. They, they, they were both scientists. They, okay. There was scientist guy, there was Richard Nixon, and then there was investigative scientist, I guess you could call him. Okay. So, well, I'll just keep calling him investigator. Whatever. Um, Whatever. Ian crawls out of the matchbox and because the inspector's dead just kind of walks past him and they actually do this nice bit where they put the inspector's like a still of the inspector's face uh, up behind Ian like really large and Ian's just kind of walking in front of it and it was not terrible. It was obvious but it was not terrible for the 60s. Yeah, I mean, like like I said, they had no fucking budget, so everything mm-hmm. had to be up to the imagination. They did what they could, where they could. Oh yeah, no, it shows. Uh, so we see the cat running around, or whatever, and there's like a weird Bring! card cut, and Ian finally comes up to the crew. And they start talking, and the doctor's like, huh, that's weird, you smell like gunpowder. And it explains everything about the man, and like how... Uh, he got shot or whatever. They're like, oh, that's weird. And this cat is really, really cute. And Barbara thinks that it's wrong to kill bees and worms. And it's kind of preachy again. And then the fa- the cat comes up and it's like, meow. And Susan screams. And then that's so, the end of the episode. So, okay. Uh, you said this episode's a bit preachy. Mm-hmm. Would it help if I told you that it kind of is? Um... This is the first of, like, environmentalism. One of, like, Doctor Who's, like, environmentalist stories. Mm. There are a few, there's, like, maybe three or four that I can think of in the classic series that really go for, like, heavy environmentalism. Mm-hmm. Like, there's e- even eco-fascism. Um, like, humanity are the bad ones. Uh-huh. Um, that's the one with the dinosaurs, by the way. Um, oh, good. And one about pollution... And, like, uh, specifically, like, oil and pollution and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this episode was kind of the first one about it, because the writer essentially, uh, 
the inspiration for it was essentially a pro-ecology work where basically someone warned against like strong insecticides and like warned against like excessive use and uh well, yeah because overuse of insecticides incredibly strong ones yeah yes and that's basically what this story was about uh it's it, it's a cute one it's a, it's cute it's fine yeah it, um i mean again i it it's fine i just i was feeling very preached at when i feel like it could have uh gotten the point across a lot easier so the other thing, mm-hmm. um, I hope you noticed the incidental music in this. Oh, the entire time with the 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 xylophone, the wooden blocks. The... Yeah. This is the first episode of longtime uh, composer Dudley Simpson, and he mm. is so good. The Dudders. He does. From here on until the 80s, he does the incidental music. Mm -hmm. So pretty much nearly all of it that we're going to hear from now on is him. Yeah. And I love it so much. It was the ones that you said you were going to get the stings from for a soundboard at some point. Yeah, he does have a few. Um, But I I love them so much, and he's great. And his work is... Like, he has his little follow-throughs with, like, different episodes. But he's really good about... um, light-hearted things as well as, like, serious tones, and he's a man that can do many different things. A man of many talents. God damn it. Anyway, episode two, tell us what happens. The Dangerous Journey. Oh, oh you so remembered? I, I write down the titles, usually. Um, when did so you start doing that? I've been doing... I can go back through my notes and point it out! Whatever. Uh, so, apparently, if you don't move and don't look into the cat's eyes and stand really still, the cat loses interest. That is entirely bullshit, and that is not how cats work. Uh, the doctor doesn't want to be eaten by a cat and makes this very prevalent that he doesn't want to be, and everyone's like, nah, sure. And they ask, well, why can't we just talk to the humans and, like, get their help? And they're like, well, we'd be caged, killed, uh, unhearable. Because different frequencies at different sizes. And then it gets really dark again, and they see a huge leg coming over, and then Barbara falls over. Yep. She always falls over. I mean, between her and Ian, like, they just fall over all the time. Um, They just really love eating shit. Yeah. The guy with the gun, uh, Nixon, tries to tell Scientist B... That there was an accident, mm-hmm. and he's like, nah, you can't prove that. Like, there's no gunpowder on the chest. Like, you literally shot him from far away. Like, well, I'm not stupid. And uh, Barbara and Ian uh, hide in the briefcase of the inspector man, and they take the briefcase and put it inside the lab because they're going to take the guy's body and put it on a boat that he mentioned earlier that he was going on vacation with. So that they can fake his death and throw him into the ocean, even though he has a gunshot wound on his chest, and that's not really how that works. Uh, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, it's fine. He's upset that he couldn't just pay him off, and 
he wants to finish his research because he's seen people starving. Is what I kind of got from it. Which, like, okay. I get it, but it was just sort of thrown out there in a weird way. He's pretty much like, I've seen, like, diseases and starvation and blah, 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 so I have to finish my research. It's just like, okay. Finish my research. Finish my research. Fish, 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 fish. Uh, while in the briefcase, Barbara was hit by a paperclip and hurt her knee. Oh, no, she has a boo-boo. She's a boo-boo now. Um, oh, wow. She has a, she has a boo-boo on her leg. She's got big old boos on a leg. Uh, she needs a kiss to make it better, so she asked Ian to, like, go get her water. Um, and they put the body into the storeroom, and we see the doctor and Susan being perfectly fine and hanging out by a drain. And then the doctor almost falls into a great hole and dies. Again. But I mean, yeah. they see a drain pipe near them, and they kind of go inside of it and they're like wow this smells like of uh, of chemicals and it's all corroded so this seems like it has to go inside right so they're like okay it's all corroded so let's climb up because there's obvious handholds and things because of the corrosion then we cut back to barbara feeling better because ian went away and when a man goes away a woman feels better and yep. ian mentions that they see some big old test tubes and they start walking around, and then they see some wheat seeds. And Ian kind of turns his back, and Barbara picks them up, and she's like, Oh, that's weird. They're, like, all sticky and stuff. Hmm. And then she mm, puts them back down. Sticky. And they come across some litmus papers, and Ian's like, Hmm, I miss high school. I miss being a teacher. Oh. And then... He's like, okay, well, it seems like all these seeds are coated in the insecticide that's killing everything. So, hey, Barbara, maybe yep. don't touch anything, you know, just to be safe. And I guess we probably shouldn't eat anything because, you know, anything that touches these things probably will die pretty quickly. And it'll probably be a real painful death. And she's like having a mid, like a, a, a crisis, honestly. She's having a breakdown. And, like, he can't seem to read the room at all. <coughs> yeah. Oh, my God. He's just like, it's a good thing none of us have touched it, because we would probably die. And Barbara's just over there like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> He's like, are you okay, Barbara? You look like a little bit, like, upset. She's like, I'm fine. I'm, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. I just haven't eaten. It's fine. So they decide to go into the briefcase, get the paper clips that bumped into Barbara, and make a ladder so that they can get to the ground and get outside. Um, and she actually gets excited and wants to see some see if the the briefcase has any paperwork about the insecticide. And Ying just goes, "That's not important. Why would we need to figure that out?" And she's like, oh, "I I don't know. Just so we know more about it, and maybe we can handle it." And she's like, "That only matters if someone gets infected with it." And it's just like, "Oh my god." So we find Ian on top of the briefcase, like, pushing the buttons around to try to get it to open. And it's it's really cute. I have to admit, all the small props are really cute. Because for me, I just would want to go play on them like a small child, in all honesty. Yeah. 
That's all I would want to do. That, um, I mean, it's so adorable. It is. I would climb in that matchbox. Would you? 20 times. 20 times. Um, so, Barbara's down on the table, and she's calling up to Ian, and then there's a huge fly behind Barbara, and she turns around and sees it, and she's just like, <gasps> and faints. And then the fly just fucks off when Ian finds her because a bunch of people walked in. Uh, Nixon yeah. is being really, really creepy to the scientist man, whose name, by the way, is Smithers. Hmm. Smithers. And, and being really weird. And he's like, I would do anything to get what I want. And then we find Susan and the doctor in the bottom of a sink. That's where they came out, apparently. And, <laughs> and then Barbara wakes up with Ian and he's like, I was so scared for you. Like, what happened? He's like, oh, well, the fly just fucked off when those people came in and it went over to those seeds and died instantly when he touched them. Like, wow, we better not touch anything in here or we would just die. Even just ingesting things or touching things and, you know, all these things. And she's like, Ian, I need to tell you. And then we hear Susan screaming. Looking for Ian. Ah. Well, not that kind of. She's like, Ian! Barbara! Sort of thing. And they're like, oh, I hear Susan. We could get out of here. And Ian goes, but wait, what is the thing you wanted to tell me? And Barbara's like, don't worry about it. Let's go find them. Because, of course she is. She's fine. <sighs> they finally meet up with everyone and decide to climb down the sink chain to go see them. And we see Science mm -hmm. Man outside is rubbing uh, a cloth into the cement where there's some blood and Nixon throws some dirt on it and kicks it a little bit. And they're like, hmm, I guess we should go wash our hands off. We're really gross. And they follow proper hand washing procedure for at least two <laughs> happy birthdays, scrubbing in between the fingers, underneath the fingernails and on the back of your hands as well as your palms. Wash your hands. Wow. Don't be How racist. informative and insightful. <laughs> Thanks, dear. Ain't no problem. I'm just trying to help where I can. Um, so Ian and Barbara freak out and climb back up the chain. And the doctor and Susan go back down the sink to hide. And the scientist starts washing his hands. You know, the proper method, like I've explained. And then just like drains it when they're done. And that's where we cut to the next episode. The last episode. It was a three-parter today. So, Yes, so this episode originally was four episodes. It's very obvious. Basically, they... Well, not really. You don't really notice. There are some like... places that are very hard cuts, where Ian is over with the guy with the briefcase and then is instantly back with the crew. No, like, that's it's just... in the first episode. It's only the third episode mm, that where the, edit, okay. where the edits are cut down. That okay, then that was just a weird cut for me. Yeah. So mm. it, the request to basically break it into three instead of four came from the head of the BBC's head of serials, which is like such a fucking British title. Um, basically, they were in charge of like production of episodes of stuff. Mm -hmm. 
that's basically what it was. And he basically was like, the story doesn't work in four parts, I don't think, so make it three instead. I think it um, works as three. Uh, I think it works better as three, honestly. Um, not that I think it would have outstayed its welcome with four, but I think it, it cuts out the fat with mm-hmm. three. Um, they have re-edited it back into four episodes, so you can actually watch it in four episodes on um, the DVD if you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, with voice acting for the parts that obviously they didn't film and shit by uh, the original cast, Sans uh, William Hartnell, because unfortunately he'd passed away b- by the time they'd gotten to doing it. So mm-hmm. they got a guy who could do a really, really good impersonation of him, uh, who, fun fact, also impersonated his voice for the fucking 50th anniversary. Oh. Um, uh, and a hope of other things as well. Uh, but yeah, this is, it was, it was never really, they, they never wanted to, uh, make this the season opener. They felt like there were other things they could have made it. Um, Mm -hmm. but it becomes very apparent, like the next episode is what they wanted to open the season with, but it becomes very apparent after the next story that they couldn't have put this after the next episode for a very very specific reason Mm. um but yeah it's does someone die yes the doctor dies Ooh, Um, yay no he doesn't damn it that's not for a long time season four is where that happens god damn it (laughs) i hate him so much he's such an (laughs) asshole I honestly think you'll like the second Doctor a lot better. Um, he's he's uh. less of an asshole to his companions and is more of like an asshole to the villains. Good. Um, anyway, final episode. What happens? It's a crisis. That's the title. It's a Chrysler. Mary Chrys- Chrysler. Oh no. Um. So apparently, the Doctor and Susan moved out of the way into another part of the pipe, which is a thing, I guess. Uh, it's an and- overflow pipe. Okay, it was an overflow pipe. Uh, moved out of the way in time for the water to all go by, and then they climb out perfectly fine. Um, Nixon decides to call an operator to call and to speak to someone about the insecticide. I thought I didn't understand it at the time, but it was about the insecticide. And he's acting like the man that they shot, saying everything's fine, the insecticide is good, it's like 60% better, I'm about to leave for France, (laughs) bye-bye. And Ian comes over and sees a notebook, and there's like this chemical formula on the paper, and Barbara's like, huh, that's weird, I wonder if there's a cure for it, and everyone's like, why would we do that? And Barbara just goes, oh... I, I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if you, if you <laughs> just, just want thinking. to. <laughs> it, might be a th- it might be fun. It might be fun to try to figure that out. You don't know. Um, but the doctor's like, actually, we should probably know our enemy. So they map up the chemical makeup by and say a bunch of chemical words like phosphate and nitrate. And I'm just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And... The doctor basically informs them that it's everlasting and won't go away. So it'll go into the... It'll drain into the water supply system. It's extremely deadly. It'll kill everything. And at this point, Barbara still hasn't told them. (laughs) So even if it, like, gets on... 
like they even make a point to be like well it's just if you like ingest it right and the doctor's like no like if you get this on your skin like you're gonna die and barbara's going <laughs> in the corner <laughs> so they go back to sink to the sink and also talk about how there's a telephone because they'd like to get some water and the doctor has a plan so <gasps> susan plan? brings a cork over to lift up the receiver so that they can mm-hmm. call the operator to call the police because they know that the person in the house is a murderer and they want him caught and also mm-hmm. it'll help them get outside uh barbara is still freaking out at this point and lying to everyone and being like oh i just i haven't eaten all day and i'm so hungry <laughs> I'm, I'm not so, so i'm hungry. not tired or dying at all i'm just so hungry <laughs> silly woman and they start passing corks up uh, towards Ian, who's at the top. And the doctor pretty much goes like, you're really tired looking. You take a seat. We got this. Don't strain yourself, you, you lovely lady. Don't strain your your weak little arms. And- Barbara, you're perfect. You sit down. <laughs> Uh, so Ian gets both corks up and then Susan comes up and the doctor comes up and they start to try to lift the phone receiver and then Barbara's there. Uh, she's still woozy as shit, but they get the cork under one side and then they go and get the cork under the other side and try to talk to the operator. And all you kind of hear is (laughs) because it's a different frequency when things are small versus when things are big. And Barbara's being woozy on the other end, and they all are just, like, shouting in the receiver, and nothing's happening, and she's literally dying. And she, like, falls over. And Ian comes over to, like, try to comfort her, and he's like, here, give me back that handkerchief. She's like, no! You can't touch it! And then she faints. She's dead. Yep. My favorite character is dead. She's just dead. Rest in, peace, Rest in peace, Barbara. Rest in They take up the handkerchief and they're like, huh, weird. This smells like that uh, insecticide that we've been talking about. And Barbara's hands are kind of sticky. Did you see her touch anything? And he's like, no, I didn't see her touch anything. He must, she must have done it when I was looking. Silly woman. And then she wakes up because apparently she's not dead. She just faded. And the cure that they realize that they need is that they need to get Barbara to be big again so that it won't really affect her at her big size because it'll be 70% less effective. And Ian's like, hey, like, we'll be able to get big again when we get back to the ship. And he's like, ha ha, of course, my boy, of course. And then looks straight in the camera and goes, I hope. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I hope. Uh, uh. Um, at one point, I thought that they went and were going to make a cure instead of going back to the ship, but whatever. Because it was kind of weird that there was, like, a cut where they were, like, all suddenly arguing with Ian. And Barbara was, like, just standing there like, it's the only choice, something, something. And the doctor walks away and Susan's crying on his shoulder. But, you know, whatever, I guess. Cut in the third episode. Um... Nixon and the scientist 
realize that the phone is off the hook and go to check the phone in the lab because science man also wants to check uh, the dead science inspector's notes. And then while he's walking away, Nixon pulls his gun back out and, and checks it because he doesn't trust fucking anyone and he's fucking cuckoo. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Cuckoo, 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 So the receptionist on the phone, uh, by the way, for those who might be a little young, when you used to use a phone back back in the 60s, you would have to call a... Were they called receptionists? They were... They weren't receptionists. I they know. I was too young. No, I know. They, I was called basically, not existing. You basically called someone who worked at a switchboard who then had to... An operator, thank you. They had to then connect you to the person you wanted to call. You couldn't just dial a phone number. You just picked up the phone and went, Hello, operator, connect me to blank. And they would. Uh, Well, the operator uh, comes back on the phone and calls him back and goes, Hey, uh, is a person at this address? And he's like, What? He's like, I'm this person saying his real name. I'm Richard Nixon. And he's like, oh, I have a call for dead person. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll go get him. And puts a cloth over the phone and goes, hey, I'm here. What's up? And there was, and the fucking operator's like, this is the same fucking dude. Like, hey, Mr. Police Officer sitting near me. Like, it's the same fucking dude. And the police officer's like, yep. Yeah. All yep. right, let's deal with this, dead. Oh, uh, uh, what? <laughs> What's going on here, then? Um, then this, we cut to the scientist who's really, really scared that the poison is D6 or something, and I wasn't really sure why yet. I, and DN6. DN6. That's the name of the, the, the insecticide. Okay. Oh. Sorry. Oh, pesticide, was, sorry. Pesticide. Insecticide, pesticide, whatever. Um, so the the crew decides to turn on a Bunsen burner to start a fire so that a police officer will come and they can get outside and get to the TARDIS. So they turn on a Bunsen burner. It's a very, very tiny Bunsen burner. It's very cute. I mean, to them, it's huge, but it's very cute. Um, Ian takes a giant match out of the matchbox runs at the matchbox uh, to, like, jousting, almost, to light it. And then they slowly Mm. bring it over to the Bunsen burner so that they can make a spray can full of flammable liquid explode and start a fire. That's the plan. And, I mean, did it work? Somewhat. It didn't really start a fire. So, Scientist Man finds out that the insecticide has killed everything. And Nixon just kind of stands in the doorway behind him very threateningly. And then that was the whole scene. Yeah. Well, he he kind of stands behind him threateningly and you can see him pull out his gun. Yes. So, they light the match. They light the Bunsen burner. Uh, Nixon now has a gun while Scientist Man is... Uh, running into the lab and sees the the can and he's like dn6 is more deadly than radiation and then they notice the can and it explodes and shoots nixon in the eyes blinding him with shrapnel 
and the scientist takes the gun from Nixon and puts it in his back. And then the fucking police show up, stopping him from shooting Nixon. And mm -hmm. the doctor takes one of the poisonous seeds when they all start running out. And it's not really clear why, but, you know, whatever. Um, so they're back in the ship very rapidly. And they start to repeat everything that happened when they first landed so that they can re-come re back as the right size. So the TARDIS poofs away and they're like, ooh, it might be working. And Ian's like, wow, that's weird, that thing over there. And you see the seed slowly shrinking because they're getting bigger and the seed is staying the same size. He goes, wow, look, the seed doctor. and points It's doing and weird like things. It cuts, a, like, a little bit too late, really, um, yeah. to the seed, then shrinking. And it's like, mm -hmm. wow, they're back to normal, everything's fine. Uh, Barbara... <sighs> Nothing bad happened. Mm -hmm. Barbara wakes up in her now big state, uh, big old Barbara, uh, feeling better. <laughs> big old booted Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> we did find out that she has a very large butt when she was carried today. Um... She's feeling real thirsty, though, and that wasn't a, a joke on on the butt. She's actually wanting water. And they're all like, ha ha ha, look, the seed's so small, even though it's covered in poison, and we're still touching it, and blah blah blah. And they're like, okay, well, time to go wash up, or whatever. And the doctor's like, mm -hmm. I'll pilot the TARDIS. Y'all go wash up. I'll get there in a minute. But apparently the monitor is still broken. And he can't really see anything as they're flying away. Um, yeah. And then he, they zoom in on his face and he's like, Wait, I'm starting to see it. I'm starting to see. And it, it cuts to a image of the monitor and the world. The, wor the words, the world's end. The next episode title appear on the monitor. So. Mm. The world's end. I kind of mm -hmm. don't even want to tell you what the actual episode is called. I kind of just want to leave it at World's End. Okay, done. So, uh, yeah, so, Planet of Giants, what do you think? Uh, I didn't mind it. It was preachy. But if I got past the preachy and just kind of enjoyed it, I didn't mind it. Maybe like right. a eight-ish. Seven, oh, Ooh. Yeah. That's, the, that's, that's literally, a, the only one. problem I had in it was that it was preachy. That was yeah, it. that's fair. Like, it, is, it is pretty, pretty, pretty. I, I really enjoyed that, like, Barbara had this whole thing where she was dying, even though I hate drama for drama, and, like, how, for the most part, she didn't really want to tell them just because, I don't know. Uh, and... It didn't really bother me for for many reasons. I don't know. I would like to probably rewatch this episode in the future, but maybe not in the next for a while. week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it makes sense. Mm -hmm. So okay. So I guess in that case, uh, we'll. Uh... I'm I'm glad you like this one because I I like this one. It's such a charming little little mm -hmm. sort of break between everything before the next episode. 
um, which uh, is starts with World's End yes. and is uh, six episodes long. So, Ooh. it. I mean, it's a good one though. I do Ooh. like this one, but anyway, we'll see you all next week for World's End. I'm not gonna say what the actual title is. It's fine. It's kind of a real the world spoiler. End. The world's end. The world's Goodbye. end. Goodbye. Do you have anything you want to say? We have a tier on Patreon uh, that really needs to be hit so I can make Gam watch horror movies. Patreon.com forward slash Gamblord. I was just gonna I was just gonna say you could have listened to this a week earlier at, at patreon.com slash Gamblord. That too. Like we'll get better like, at it. That's the easiest one. No, I just, we won't. I just really want to make you watch horror movies, okay? Okay, whatever. Goodbye. Goodbye.